0: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Bobcast. With you, as always, is Bob, live in the lounge, staring at the Ouija board. That's the big episode, ladies and gentlemen. 199, the last of the hundreds, you know? It's uh, coming to an end, you know? And there'll be a new beginning with the 200s. It'll just look cooler, I think, on, you know, JPEGs that go on the covers of the podcasts. Uh, I'd like to thank all the guests that came before, 198 guests, and then um, introducing tonight's guest. I mean, I've known this guy for a better part of maybe 20 years, inside and out. He used to come check out some of the music I was doing. And most recently, he was somebody online who was very supportive of the stuff I was doing here, and that's talking to you, doing this podcast a lot of people they don't like to say uh hey good job bob or like yeah i remember that from the matrix or point out things that make me feel like i'm doing this for a reason and driving tonight and just like blackout conditions complete flash floods but you know this guy makes me feel good you know what i mean like the stuff he writes i also hear we have some of the same mutual interests as far as marvel comics pop culture music playing guitar He's also boys with Keith DeAngelis. They put together this side project that Keith was having lots of anxiety about that we talked about maybe 20 episodes ago. (laughs) And uh, apparently it all went down without a hitch. We're going to learn about that. We're going to learn about this infamous desk story that Keith wants me to bring up about moving or something. He has moved the desk. We'll talk about that at the tail end of the episode. That's a good one. But I want to welcome my guest tonight. It's Benny Muzikowski.
1: Hello, hello. Did I say that right?
0: uh kuski I fucked it up I'm sorry like, muzek kuski I like ka k k k in there you know sure. cuz it's just like a different type of thing cuz I see I can't break it because I know a sweatkowski here from and you remember mr sweatkowski as well Sweat. sure. yeah so like with the kowski at the end it's just a different type of you know
1: yeah i got the kuski but uh you know what i'm saying I remember Mr. Sweat jogging by us when we were getting stoned on a bench down on the Oh, come a little
0: closer to that, Mike, and tell me about that story.
1: Yeah, we were, uh...
0: There you go. That sounds I good. had him
1: first period, um, maybe civics what, or what something. What year is
0: this, back in,
1: 94. Uh... Okay, yeah, so tell me. something. Okay. a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, we're getting high after school, and, uh, I was definitely missing his class a lot since it was first period. Mm-hmm. And there he comes jogging by with his daughter, and I'm just blowing trees in the wind. And at the end of the year, he came up and he's like, hey, seems like you have a lot of potential. If you had ever applied yourself, you might be able to do something with that. And uh, Was that
0: his way of saying don't smoke dope? Kind of. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, he was a great teacher, man. I, I never forget. You, you probably had the same class uh, lesson that he did where he explained what the electoral college was up on the board. And he okay. lit up the map. Did you see that? 94. I, I was there in 96. I think he had it. You I'm don't remember? Pretty sure he did that. But uh, I was a little bit of uh, purple haze in high school. Oh, purple haze. All right, all right. Yeah. I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. My, my memory is like sharp to the point where I can remember like what he wore on certain days back in '95. Like he would wear this white shirt that looked like he got it right out of the Boscoff's back, You know what I mean? Like he looked like he ironed it real quick. But he always would wear these like uh, almost like political cartoon ties.
1: That rings a bell,
0: right? So yeah, sure. I mean, he always had like some sort of quip, but I always liked him as a good teacher, you know. I guess we'll start things off tonight with education because if we're talking about Swokowski. have you heard um, what uh, Wolf has uh, presented? Or actually, I guess the bill has passed. Now kids will no longer have the traditional snow day; they will be required to log into their computers and um, do some classwork for the better part of the day before they can go out. They're saying it's not going to take all day, but Case point in being, the end of the snow day has arrived.
1: Yeah, I don't like that. I remember listening to KYW back in my day, waiting for the number.
0: KYW, 1060. And that number was? Calling out number
1: 313?
0: 305. 305. I I hated it when they were like 301, 302, 303, 304... Three oh six, three oh seven, three oh eight, and you'd be like, "What the
1: fuck?" Yeah, are you kidding me? Romano's just coming out in this.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know what? It's kind of strange, man. I remember when Romano's became first student here in Plymouth meaning Pennsylvania, and it was like, like a soda or a, like a Pepsi or a Coke had changed their name overnight. I didn't want to accept right. it. Yeah, I wanted it to be Romano. Well, you know? I
1: still go by there. I go to the uh, Plymouth Swim Club on occasion, okay. and there's no cows in the field anymore.
0: Man, that's, that's a sign of the times, here, man. That's right? definitely a sign of the times. There's no more cow. Remember when we were kids, there was like a plethora of them out there. All Absolutely. cow grazing, eating that grass, just living life, staring at the bus drivers as they came to and fro.
1: And, and now they're gone. They're probably burgers. They're somewhere. gone. Yeah.
0: They're, you know, this is so strange. Last episode, I believe I spoke about in the middle of Northern, like Northern California, Southern California, directly in the middle. You drive up this uh, road and you go through farm after farm after farm of cows. Uh, I don't eat red meat much You wife, know what Wife neither, can't eat it
1: Neither do I I was um Actually raw vegan For a while Oh nice And that was torture So after about a month I broke down And got a um Bacon double whopper
0: Oh after a Like so what after was that Like After a month of ra- you, must you know have what your yeah. bel-
1: it was pretty orgasmic when I ate the thing. Really? Uh, yeah, toward the end, the stomach got a little upset. It
0: but, did, uh, right? Yeah. yeah,
1: raw vegan's a little much, but that's me. I go to extremes. So there's no
0: animal the whatsoever. That's not even like considering cheese or any other product like that. Yeah, Everything's no, off the table, could. so it's very strict. Yeah. Are you familiar with the gangster vegan? I am. So I've been trying to get the gangster vegan on the show. I see him sometimes at Whole Foods It's like I'm seeing like a character out of the Bible You know he's got them Jesus eyes I like to call him Sure You know he's out there to save the world And um, his food's great I went there one night He wasn't there I met some nice guy And uh, I don't know what the name is For somebody who enjoys vegan food But still eats meat But yeah I, I, I get you
1: I go with plant based
0: Plant-based, Because
1: I used to say, oh, I'm mostly vegan, and um, vegans will definitely bust your stones for that.
0: I know, and this is a bad thing. I mean, like, it's because they're all angry, really. Sure. You know? I mean, not all of them, per se, and somebody out there is listening to this is probably like, go screw yourself, Bob. You don't know what you're talking about. I don't, but I know when people are agitated. Right. And their words come out wrong, you know? Well, they probably just need a piece of cheese, maybe, you know, Slim Jim will help them out. Something. I mean, like... So like, when you were raw vegan that month, what were you eating? Uh,
1: a lot of raw vegetables, a lot of fruit, a lot mm-hmm. of smoothies. Um, my energy levels were through the roof for a while, mm-hmm. but I didn't have enough education to make sure I was getting the calories I needed. So by the end, I just felt like I was suffering. Mm-hmm. So without proper education, even going vegan, whether it's raw well or not, I think you really need the education to make sure nutritional um, needs are being met.
0: Yeah, you really do, you know. But, I mean, how did we get to diet? Oh, yeah, we got it from the cow. Man, that was a really, really quick twist right there. Now,
1: have uh, you had the Beyond Meat burger?
0: No, I read about it, though. And For- I've also heard that Arby's introduced the carrot that is apparently meat.
1: I haven't had that yet. But so, the Beyond so Arby- Arby's
0: are- is taking, like, you know how everyone's, like, trying to go vegan. There's the, the, the vegan thing you said. So, Arby's is going the exact opposite way, apparently, and doing... Meat-based vegetable-looking products to shove it in their face. That's fantastic, kinda. I, I guess mean, I'm a ball
1: buster from way back,
0: so I. Can oh yeah, I was that. a ball buster before the internet existed, man. Absolutely. What's up with that, dude? What's up with that generation? You know, like Generation X, Y. What's up with the ones who were ball busters back in the day, before like you could like troll on the internet and stuff like that? And you actually, you remember how you face- would actually troll back in the '90s? Let's talk about that for a sec. Oh. So in today's world, there's lots of ways to troll. Sure. Back in the '90s, you were limited.
1: Well, I actually got in a lot of trouble because I was known to uh, put signs upon people's uh, backs, especially oh, teachers in high school.
0: You were using like what you learned from like them uh, sitcoms back in the day. Every sitcom that dealt with school that was either black and white or like in syndication in the '80s, sure. dealt with the sign on the back.
1: Yeah, and mine were a little next level because I didn't have. The give me, internet give
0: yet. me. You got some. Uh, like, so they were like they were basically a tweet. Yeah, so I would (laughs) put
1: one math teacher in particular. I don't want to put his name out there. You don't have to. He actually called my mother and said I was the worst one in the worst class. And if he wouldn't lose his job, he would kick my ass. Oh, my God. He said that to your mother? He did. And she agreed with him. What? Because I would put things on his back and follow him. We had lunch the same period. So follow him down the teacher's lounge and he'd have... This is in high school or high high school? school. Ask me about my sex change. Um... I'm wearing my mother's underwear. Like Really? A lot of really inappropriate stuff. Yeah.
0: You're going to have to tell me his name after that because I worked there for a bit. You know? Yeah. I've called out other teachers from uh, back in the day on here, and I'm not scared to do it again. But you know what? Sometimes yeah, the victims aren't ready, and you have to, like, you know, be ready for them first before you can spring into action. Well, I put feel like
1: there. I owe this man an amend still, so I'm not
0: going to... Exactly. I can tell you one guy I had a... I mean, first off, tell me what happened there, though. So, like... So what did, like what came from it after that? Was your mother really upset with the fact that
1: Well, she tried not to laugh. She knows I have a sense of humor yeah. and I can pretty much abuse people, at least at that point in my life. So uh <laughs> she tried not to laugh about it. I think I got some kind of grounding, but there was no like
0: uh you know, maybe I lost what what system was that? In Sega Genesis for oh you something. lost Altered Beast or like yeah. uh Sonic. Probably Sonic I've probably been pretty upset about that, you know? Yeah, I didn't love it. I had Super Nintendo and I I don't think I had Sega Genesis. My friend down the street did, but... Yeah, teachers calling home, man. Like, before the internet, you had... Okay, here's something, kids. If you're listening to this and you're like a millennial. Back in the day, they sent you your report card in the mail. You could intercept that shit. Okay, now it gets emailed right to your parents. You have no choice, okay? I, uh, one time, and this is a huge... Bobcast Confessional here. Um, okay. Episode 199. Um, <laughs> what's today's date? July the 12th, 2019. 11. 11th. 11, 11, baby. One time in ninth grade. No, it was probably in 10th grade. I, uh, it was when I first discovered um, cannabis, marijuana, weed, whatever you want to call it. And uh, my grade slipped because I was getting stoned, you know, and not uh, doing my work after school, hanging out with my mates, having the time of my life, really experiencing what... Some people don't – they always say, oh, enjoy it. it goes by fast, but really they should put an emphasis on it by less school, more life experience. We'll talk about that. Sure. But, um, like, uh, I didn't do well with the grades um, the first semester, and then I wised up. But the first semester I did so bad. I got Ds, I got Fs, I got Cs. It was terrible. My GPA, I think, was like 1.89 or close to a 2 or something like that. So I intercepted it in the mail, and then from the previous year – I used an X-Acto knife and took out A's and B's and put it on top of the D's and C's. Uh, and I made a photocopy of it in color, gave it to my folks, and they bought it.
1: You were more creative than I was because what I did was took a report card and made red photocopies. Oh. And then just, they didn't notice that the you report it card d- <laughs> was red. <laughs> and Yeah. it was or did definitely- They asked
0: the next year, why isn't it red? <laughs>
1: No, they never uh mm-hmm. never questioned me on that one, but and I definitely didn't go too high. I just made sure I didn't have anything lower than a C.
0: Yeah, you know what I did. So yeah, I, I guess I was smart in the you know implementation of this report card, but what I was really dumb at was cleaning up after myself, ah. which I have improved at in my uh you know thirty nine years here on the planet Earth. But I left like all like the clippings of the report card with scissors, I think, you know, and the glue like in my closet where I hid everything. you know, sure. It was just on the floor, and my parents were bringing, you know, putting the laundry away or whatever and found it and put two and two together, and I got busted and had to come clean and then you know, got my stuff together, and now uh, here I sit, uh, magna cum laude from Temple University. Go think about that. you and, know. And you didn't have to doctor that. I didn't, no. How about that? I did cheat um, once in college too. Uh, I think I talked about it once here on the show. I admitted recently the cheating on the SATs. Okay. and I think yeah a long time ago I admitted to this but once you numer- like in college um, they'll give you like the blue books to fill out the essay sure you know what I'm saying so uh, this one professor he was such a numbnut. nut he just left the packet out and left it. he's like alright class classes, is missing." left the, the, the plastic packet of all the blue books and uh, we j- I just took one and I gave it to my friend Gio and he's like what's this for B.O.B.? I'm like we're gonna take this home we're gonna fill out what we think he's gonna put on the test tomorrow, and my friend G was like, Nah, 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 nah. We ain't gonna know how, we ain't gonna know what he's gonna ask. I'm like, I know what this motherfucker's gonna ask, dude. <laughs> and guess what? The next day, you know, we, we come in, it's up there on the board and chalk because it was like a really old piece of Temple University. And he's like, Yeah, here's the three questions. And mine were just, uh, and almost, I think they were in the exact order, right? One, two, three, same one, same thing he prepped us on with the test prep. Sure. So then we got a blue book And then I had a, The only thing that was difficult to do Was I had to sit there And then I just like I filled out bullshit In that blue book For like hours Pretending you know, it yeah, was pretend, taking longer I think I wrote like necessary. Wu-Tang Clan Hip-Hop lyrics and shit Like you know <laughs> all, I'm gonna give it to you With no cocaine Straight from Bolivia And just like Kept writing shit You know I was like If it's gonna work The other ones Just gotta look like gibberish I can't like make You know so. so then like As I was getting up It was like the old switcheroo Cause I had gone into my bag To get something Got the blue thing out Had it like Under the table You know and then as I was leaving, the switch just happened, man. That's amazing. And I wound I'm getting an A plus in that class, man. And you oh, know I'm what? I'm sure you did. I had to pay for it. I worked Starbucks and Ritz Camera. And you know what? When the going gets tough, you get tougher. Who makes up cheating? We do. Because we made these rules. And if you're young, don't go to college, okay? It's a waste of time. Waste of money. Do something. Learn something quick. What do you want to do right away with your life? and then you get the party later do whatever you want don't go to these institutions get hazed get killed right for what for some bullshit that existed like 40 years ago when there was no rules these institutions also in my opinion breed the type of people in the news we see today the people of power like that piece of shit Epstein uh, that. you know what i'm saying and like all this stuff like that like you don't need to waste all of your money go to college and be in debt for the rest of your life.
1: Well, about that Epstein thing, just I want to interject one thing. Mm-hmm. I saw someone um had a problem because they keep putting in this article that he was sleeping with underage women. He's yeah, sleeping but that with little girls, mm-hmm. not underage women. And I don't get that when they clean it up because somebody has money and like somebody oh, has the money, Epstein. there's that shit, yeah. Yeah, um let let's I mean, I'm a father. I have mm-hmm. uh, three of my own, two stepkids and you know, if if an Epstein comes around, them you're not going to read about that in a paper. You're going to read about me. Yeah, being what shit I've up done him. to Mr. Epstein. Yeah. Yeah, I know that
0: raw emotion, man, of being a dad is just like, man, I never, I thought that I knew what, um, primal rage was. Remember that game, Primal Rage? Sure. It's copying Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter, like mixing Rampage in there a little bit. But yeah, that primal rage it takes over when you're a dad and somebody's jeopardizing the safety, or you know, well-being of your kid. Ugh! God, That's the worst, man. I don't know how to quell that, probably because of how things are in today's world and everything's so fast and stuff, but I mean, it bugs me out.
1: Yeah, I can agree with that, especially um, I have two girls, and it was only when I became a father to two daughters that I got to learn anything about how women deserve to be treated, mm-hmm. and I took a look at uh, young Ben, and as you might remember, one nickname was Benny the Pimp. And it just makes me shudder to think back on that kid, mm. you know? Um,
0: I couldn't imagine.
1: Yeah, if someone treated my one of my daughters the way that I used to act toward um, females in general as an
0: uneducated youth, mm-hmm. I, I'd have a real problem with that. Yeah, man. Things are, like, there is such a kettle, like, boiling point here. You know, you got the U.S. women's soccer team not getting paid as much as the men's. You got them saying they don't want to go see Trump. You got them going to party with LeBron James instead, the king. You know, everybody's just in different corners. It's a mess, man. LeBron lost me when he went to the Lakers. LeBron lost me when he started trying to play it like he still had hair. (laughs) You know, let's face it, dude. Just embrace it, man. Shave that shit off, dude. You know what I'm saying? It's been going south for some time. I mean, like when you when you put the like the the black marker like look on it, you know? I forget what that stuff's called. Excuse me, but I mean like come on. You don't need that look, man. Look all natural. You know what I'm saying? Get it off. Shave it off. But um yeah, I, I heard LeBron's making space jam too.
1: I saw something about that. and mm-hmm.
0: That's sacrilegious. Yeah, you know that thing about sacrilegious stuff too. That's also in the news. People are all pissed off about the Little Mermaid. I posted this picture the other day of James Brown as He-Man. Somebody painted it. I have no <laughs> idea who did that, but that made me laugh out loud. Seven thirty in the morning, man. I was just like, you know, why not change it all? I think the first one actually to get changed um, that I recall from uh, major motion pictures is the Kingpin in the the Daredevil film when Michael Clark Duncan portrayed him. And there was like, you know, the internet was still small, but I remember a bunch of like, you know, you, you can't be him because he's black. It's like, God, dude, anybody well, can be, you know what I'm saying? Aside like, from that movie kind of being garbage, I thought he did a good job. He did, yeah, he was always good. He's really good in, uh, what's the one film he's great in? Green Mile? Yeah, Green is good too, but he's in this other one that's like a little less known. I'll have to come back to that one. But yeah, I mean... I think that was the first time somebody was like, "No, nah, we're not happy with this." But I mean, with the Marvel Universe, I mean, you could do pretty much anything now. I mean, I'm really bummed that uh, I didn't get a chance to see. Uh, I imagine you've seen the new Spider-Man, right? Absolutely. Yeah, dude. I could. You know, this is. I went opening night to uh, Endgame, so because I would, I wanted to get out of the the spoiler free zone, you know. But uh, I heard Spidey's awesome.
1: I liked Spidey better than I liked Endgame.
0: Oh cool. But yeah, Endgame, I liked... well, to be honest, Endgame's re- let's talk about that for a second. Looking back now at Endgame in retrospect, it is not a happy movie. Not at all. Not at all. And even like if you think about it, Infinity War, not a happy movie. You know? I mean like it's dread from page like what? Like four. I think I liked
1: um Infinity War a Oh, lot I did more than I did Endgame. too. I did too. But yeah. I think that's mm-hmm. the um Empire Strikes Back factor. Mm. the bad guys win at the end it's a little something different
0: I enjoyed both films immensely but you know what though like the one thing I can say is that I never thought it would go that dark I don't know if you heard the podcast I did on Endgame but I was shocked with the title card the the, the future because I thought that when they showed like you know Manhattan being empty I was like oh that's just gotta be you know they come back and everyone's gone no it's like the story of like what happens when everybody has to survive and I thought that was really cool And then all the ones Like not knowing About Professor Hulk On the screen Was amazing To be in that movie theater Like you know Crowded And um What was the other one Oh yeah Fat Thor dude That was the best Yeah Fat Thor rocked it Fat Thor I don't don't ever want to see Fat Thor leave dude You know Like I want him to stick around For the Guardians You know what I mean And like you know how they're doing that mcu like the disney plus service you know give yeah. him like a like a 10 minute short like take get him on set one day and film like 20 10 minute episodes you know of just him riffing with the other dude his roommate
1: i love what they did with thor because i didn't like the first two movies that much dark world was mm-hmm. okay
0: uh but I, I, you can just say it's crap i think right, it's it was crap. crap
1: it's crap ragnarok though
0: amazing one oh, yeah. of my favorite marvel mm-hmm. movies Completely, because of the guy's direction. Takiti uh, Wakata, whatever his name is. But. Well, it was pretty much Planet Hulk, only it was a Thor movie. Mm. It's great. Planet Hulk, the original one, that would be crazy if they ever did the story when the, the Green Goliath goes insane and that's why they take him to the planet. I would love to see that in the books, but I mean, it seems like Professor Hulk will be around for a while, but for me, I'm a huge Joe Fixit fan. The okay. Grey Hulk, the one that's the Las Vegas bouncer. If I had the money, I'd make a six... Episode limited miniseries of the Greyhawk in Vegas as a bouncer with all the drama of the film Casino mixed with today's like technology imagine Joe Fix-It like not the 90's Joe Fix-It but Joe Fix-It today in a casino with smartphones Facebook being like you know a celebrity bouncer
1: that's actually a pretty badass idea
0: if somebody's listened to this okay Fix-It celebrity bouncer people come to the club because they know the Greyhawk's there you know he, everyone knows who he is, and also let's not do it CGI. Let's get one of those world's strongest men to do it,
1: like the mountain from. Um, uh, everybody the uses the mountain. Back.
0: Let's use the other dude, Robert. Um, I saw him on Joe Rogan's podcast. Robert Modesto or some shit. The world's strongman competition dude. The dude is like jacked. Or you know, you know the commercial on TV with um, Ryan Reynolds and he's wearing the shirt that's like all like you know floral and like they're like we need you back on set. He's like use my. Uh, Use my stunt guy. And it's like this jack dude, Back that up. dude. Make him the Greyhawk. Short, stout, idea. and like really, really muscular. You know, but like you, you could do stuff like an Umbrella Academy, make make him look bigger.
1: You know what? I didn't get past the first couple episodes of Umbrella mm-hmm.
0: Academy. It just didn't do it for me. That's cool. It's not for everybody.
1: But Stranger Things, I just uh, oh, finished great, season dude. three in like a day. So.
0: This season of uh, Stranger Things and Kevin's going to be pissed. But Kev, we're sorry. We're going to get into it for a minute.
1: Are we about to sing Never Ending
0: Stories? <laughs> There's a challenge going online now, I believe, of that when people sing it to each other. That I mean, like, how do you not get past that emotional point? But as a, as a whole for the series, I think it's great that they were able to... I mean, for me, the big game changer was they followed the formula, which I traditionally don't like, and that's what The Walking Dead does, is everybody goes off and does different shit. And then they'll eventually get back together, and like it'll be good. But what the Duffer Brothers did correctly was... They did it in a way where it really mattered, you know what I mean, what everybody was doing. And the relationships between them had time to breathe. Like, you know, the conversation between Steve and that new character in the bathroom, like, that was just great, you know what I mean? That was a great scene. Yeah, and, like, I'm watching it, and it's, like, 10.40 at night. My kid's asleep, you know, my wife's asleep, and I'm like, this is profound shit right here, you know? This is good for kids, too, because, you know, it's also showing... Something that you traditionally do not see on modern television at all, like two characters caring for each other, but they're from different, you know, like sexual origin, I guess. You you know what I'm saying? And, and like, a, I thought that was great.
1: Especially for it being a show that takes place in the 80s too, where True. That, yeah, that was still really taboo. Don't even. talk
0: about it. Yeah. People are like, yeah, yeah, stay stay hidden, you know, but there were so many great parts and you know, spoilers, if you haven't um, seen it, fast forward two minutes, but you know, after Hop goes into, you know, the end, I mean, with the post credit scene, without a doubt, I mean, of course it's got to be him alive. But before we talk about that, like, his whole, like, thing, his whole season of, um, you know, trying to express his feelings towards 11 and stuff like that, I found it, I, it, was, it was so compelling. I was just like, this is great. He's really, like, the dude's, like, what, like, Ari, a little bit older than us. He's 44, I think, right? He's killing it. And he was in a bunch of other pictures before. I remember seeing him just as a background guy. It's so good for him. But um, yeah, I, I thought he just did a wonderful job of conveying that. And then I saw online that Evan Rachel Wood from the series True Blood and and Westworld, Westworld. criticized his character when online about his relationship as it to, as it to relates to Winona Ryder's character about how he comes off as abusive towards her. And I'm like, what? That's the way it was. It, like, in the like. see, you know what we we're saying, like, back in the 80s and 90s? Isn't it weird that that's almost like an alibi for certain people's behaviors? Sure.
1: Oh, it was back in the 80s or the 90s. It didn't matter we, back we, then. We don't think
0: about it as an alibi, though. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it seems like an alibi for some people, especially the ones in the news. Oh, well, you know, when Bill Cosby got arrested and stuff, everybody was like, oh, well, that's what they did. Like, what? Huh? Yeah. That was never acceptable. Put lewds and drinks, like, everywhere yeah. you go. Like, what? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I I uh I just don't I don't like that, and I I'll, I'll be happy like when we die, you know, like we'll take that Probably with us. There'll be none of that. The generations can't grow up and be like, well, I grew up in the seventies, and back then we would drive down Fat Street with a twelfth back, and you know, like I'm just happy that you know I think that's probably the the way that we end the current uh conflict in uh, our pop culture and culture in general.
1: Sure. I even remember in the 80s riding around in the back of my dad's pickup truck. No car seat, no nothing. And like looking back, um, a lot of people got hurt. The safety stuff that's in the Mm -hmm. place now, I come to appreciate it as a parent. Yeah. But every now and again, I'll be like, well, back in my day and I want (laughs) to glorify. But when it comes down to it, um, I think we've made great strides as far as even I love the internet because it's exposing all these creeps. Like, yeah. me, the Me mm-hmm. Too movement, um, love it, and I love that everyone has a camera phone, mm-hmm. and it's just, everything's documented. See, everything's
0: documented. Yeah, I saw some, uh, I, I see crazy shit on Instagram, man. Uh, Philly Classics 215 I uh, recommend one. everybody that's listening to the Bobcast right now to, to follow that handle. <laughs> there is some crazy shit that they catch on tape down there in Philly, you know? And I ain't gonna spoil it for everybody, because you have to watch it for your own interpretation, but... Everybody can be caught now, which is great. Cause back in the day, you couldn't get caught, right? At all. It, it was just proof. Do you have proof? No, I don't have a cell phone.
1: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I had a pager. I couldn't really catch any. Oh uh, yeah, on imagine that. if
0: you could, you could document stuff on your pager.
1: But I'm pretty glad that uh, all that technology wasn't around. Like when I went through high school uh, and I you went imagine? through so many awkward phases. How old's uh, your
0: oldest? My oldest is thirteen. Okay, so she's coming up against this right now boy. with the boy. He's coming up against this. How's he faring with his um? It's like the like you know the world like always like you know so, everything's documented. You can't mess up, or everybody will make fun of you because it's on Instagram. And, you know, what I mean, it's just too much pressure.
1: He does pretty well, but he's um. It's funny because he's he's kind of like a um. He's a geeky kid. Like mm. he he likes to be inside. He likes mm-hmm. to play video games and things that we did too. But what's I, his favorite video game? what is his favorite video game? I can't lie and say I know. Ranges. Because I don't really play video games. Mm -hmm. But when he was up here, he'd be on like the Roblox or Fortnite Mm -hmm. or, you know. And my younger um, daughter, Zoe, she plays that too. So, but he always wants to be in electronics or watching TV. And I had to take his ass out running when he was up here just to do something with him, you know? Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. You know, you get sometimes... um I saw on the news, too, that some parents are, uh, I guess, the wealthy ones who don't spend enough time with their kids so they can't control them. That's the answer, by the way. Hire people to come and help them with their screen time. So they hire screen coaches. This is a job now. Somebody comes to your house to get your kids off their cell phones so they can go like you know, into the kitchen to eat or something like that or the dining room.
1: That's incredible. I couldn't imagine hiring someone to take the phone
0: off of my child. I'm just, uh, I'm scared. My son's three, and um, in 10 years' time, he'll be faced with these same things. And, uh, but at that point, I hope that the the phones are, pff, we might as well just call it and just put them right inside of ourselves, you know what I mean? So that we we at least be present, you know? Sure. Do you have anxiety when you leave the house without your phone? Do you go back, or do you just go out? I go back. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Everybody does. I would wonder what the percentage of people that would say they just go.
1: See, I go back and I have the Apple Watch with the data okay, plan. Okay. You so I don't back. even have to bring my phone. But okay. yeah, if I don't have it in my pocket, it's not mm-hmm. on my person. And especially as a parent, I have that excuse. It's not really always about the kids, but I'm like, oh, I have kids, I have to have my phone. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I have instant panic if I can't find my phone.
0: It's like not being able to find my wallet. Yeah, it's the worst. That's why I merged my wallet and phone together. Everything's in there now. Phone, wallet. So now there's no, like, hesitation. I'm just, like, not, like, where's my... Because of that feeling. I don't even know what that feeling feels like anymore. To put your hand on your right buttock or left buttock and be like, damn, where's my wallet <laughs> that's the worst pain in the world man where you're just like i don't know what to do next man see
1: that looks like a nice setup but i have to. this is these.
0: just all rigged up dude this is just plastic and i just put three cards in there man because it w- let's face it never have cash because it's all in the card
1: if i don't do the otter box defender my mm-hmm. phone would be broken within a
0: day why you get out the car and it falls all the time i'm just
1: a clumsy person
0: mm-hmm. so yeah yeah I'm, I'm clumsy one time i stepped on a crowbar that was the worst clumsiest thing i ever did that sounds painful. It was because the guy lives here in this house left it out. Mickey left a crowbar out? Left it right in front of the door, man. I was outside trimming my toenails. That shit hurt, dude. The ball part, you know the part right here? But right on top, man. Right in. Like Ouch. it went in like a butter knife too. Which was insane. Because you'd think, oh, that'd be kinda of be tough to do. Nah. Your skin's so fragile, man. It's not especially on the foot. Yeah, man. I burned myself on 4th of July like an idiot. Ah. I hadn't burned myself in a while, and I forgot, like, the fun of, like, what it felt like to feel real pain, you know? Sure. (laughs) You know? And uh, do you remember, like, the first time you burned yourself as a kid? The firework or something?
1: I actually think I was one of those kids that touched um, a lighter in my grandfather's car, the car lighter. It was all orange. Oh, you touched, like, the
0: circle part with my finger. Yeah,
1: that's bad. Yeah, that fingertip was... Pretty messed up for a while.
0: Yeah, that's the worst when you you don't know as a kid and you want to push that limitations My son's like that right now. It's like it's hot, Dad. I'm gonna touch that shit. You know what I mean? Like
1: Well, that was also a time when he would chain smoke in the car mm -hmm. with me in it, with maybe his window cracked a little bit. Yeah. And the ashtray full and like just breathing in a second. Breathing in the carbon,
0: yeah. Because back in the day back in the day. Back in the day with Benny. Um (laughs) we used to smoke cigarettes and you know, We used to have all the windows up. I always find it funny now, like, when you watch, like, a TV show, uh, like, or, you know, something on cable, and everyone's smoking cigarettes in the car with the windows up. Like, True Detective season, season two, whole time, smoking with the windows up.
1: Now, you actually made it through all of
0: True Detective season two? Oh, excuse me, season one. I'm sorry, the original. Yeah, Uh, we did it. So, Mickey and I, would do true... Bobcast, and uh, we do every season. Season two, we did do, and, like, I went back and listened to it recently, and it's funny because it's, like, I'm, like, uh, because I'm trying to, like, deliver the show to people, and, like, people tune into that that one, and I'm trying, like, as I'm listening to myself, I'm trying to convince myself that it is, in fact, good.
1: That's how I felt about Star Wars Rogue One.
0: Oh, yeah, you know what? I still haven't got a chance to watch it yet. You You're know? not missing anything, but I, I really... I did wanted it to be good i know and and then i heard that the solo thing was a mess so like yeah it really was it's a shame because i think that they just kind of rushed into that and the weird thing about the star wars things to me is too is like they kind of came out of nowhere all of a sudden like jj abrams is gonna make a whole brand new trilogy of films and i was like really like it's not what you know george is involved
1: yeah when disney bought the property you knew they were gonna exploit it um Rogue One was pretty bad. The Solo movie, though, like, hashtag not my Solo, I couldn't deal with the yeah. character. He um, he smiled too much. He just tried to pull off a Harrison Ford thing, and it he didn't work. He tried to be Harrison, yeah. But uh, Chewbacca name? was on point.
0: Yeah, Chewbacca's always on point. Yeah, right? I couldn't
1: even remember the kid's name. Like, he just
0: wasn't memorable. His career's over because of that? I'm you're sure like, it oh, is. Oh, you're, you're in jail, like Hollywood jail, for at least five years being Han Solo at this point. I feel bad for Ron Howard, man, coming aboard there, like, save the film from... I wonder if that felt like I liked the Lego movie. The guys that did the Lego movie that were good. doing it first. And that type of film in space, Star Wars done in that style could work. Disney didn't like that it was too humorous. Yeah. But you know what? That's if you think about it, there's old films that the way the sets look, the cost, you know, what I mean, you can get away with that. You know what I mean? But I feel as if I don't know. I I, I went to see The Force Awakens and. Um, I didn't have a kid yet. I went uh, on Christmas break. I went to like a 10.30 in the morning show with like a bunch of kids. They all loved it. I loved it. Second one I didn't want to see just because it looks so... Like the dude Rian Johnson or whatever. What's his name? Rain? Ryan? I, I don't Why do you spell it that way? Rian? Ryan? Okay, Rain. <laughs> Listen, you messed up the whole thing, okay? That's my final story. Everybody can argue with it. <laughs> That's I did it. I didn't care for a second movie. <laughs> who... Who can fake it to say that they like that. What What is there to like?
1: Well, what got me
0: is I'm a Luke Skywalker guy. Yeah. They you, ruined you Luke. They ruined him. They ruined They made him the old man in the shoe. They made him like this miserable hermit dude. Yeah, like this old curmudgeon. He, he wasn't you know, the Luke yeah. we grew up with. No. no he terrible. easily could have turned that planet into a place he was captive. Something was holding him captive there that's like the source of the Sith or something. We're writing it better than they are right now, Benny. Sure. And um, him showing up and then him vanishing. That's bullshit. Dude, if I was in the theater, I'd have been so pissed. I'd have, I, I would was, have thrown the popcorn at the screen opening
1: night. I was night. in the theater, and we actually went to opening night at the Franklin Institute. Okay. Because so, they show them on the uh, mm-hmm. Omniverse. And that presentation is badass. I saw The Force Awakens down there, too. but. you
0: see a dark night like that? No. And Mickey saw it, like, three times there. He used to live, like, across the street. Okay. That sounds mm-hmm. badass. I I haven't been to one of those in a while. But, yeah, with Star Wars, man, I hope JJ can fix what happened. But, I mean, it's already too late, in my opinion. You're ending a trilogy, and I don't give a shit no more about any of the characters. At one point, I did care about Poe. I liked that character. I thought he was funny, comical. And the second one, he's like, we'll go through there. And that's, like, his big moment. Like, he's leading people through a trail through the rocks, and then he's the hero. Like, he, he didn't have that hero aspect. It was just a bunch of people also, too, the plot that I don't like that the Duffer brothers did correctly in that, you know, um, film. Like, everybody's coming together. Finn's not with Poe, you know? Like, it's a mess.
1: Yeah, and I didn't like... Um, who was the shiny chick? The Game Oh, of Captain Plasma?
0: She yeah, died her. so easy. Show her. Yeah, she's a beautiful woman. Show her,
1: you know? Yeah, I like tall women, too. My wife is about 6'1".
0: Yeah, it's something about those tall women, man. Absolutely. I, um, I, what did you think of Game of Thrones?
1: I didn't care for the ending at all. <laughs> um, uh, I, I wanted to like it, like we were talking about yeah. some things earlier. Um, it's very few shows that have actually kept me through the finale where I was happy. I thought Breaking Bad ended well. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Well, I'm struggling to think of another one because Lost was my shit. Sam
0: and uh, Thank I was an, it was also another night where I had convinced myself that it was good. I and tried. Then, yeah. I was like oh it's so beautiful they went to heaven <laughs> They had <laughs> so many different ideas that they just didn't know what to do with. And It's a classic case of like starting a TV show well actually I do know what happened. Do you know the whole story of Lost? The beginning of it? The writer
1: strike? I no so like or...
0: the beginning of Lost. Lost was supposed to be a film. Okay. And they were like look it's going to work. And they were like, no, we'll make it in a TV series. But originally, Dr. Jack Shepard was going to be Michael Keaton. Okay. And Michael Keaton was going to die in episode one and throw everybody for a loo and introduce Kate as the leader of the show, not Michael Keaton, because they would think everybody's like, oh, Michael Keaton's on a TV show. And then they kill him. Kind of like a Ned Stark thing. Exactly. Which I loved. Yeah. But then after that, it just died. But with Lost, I mean, God. What a mess, man. I remember like the first time I saw the smoke monster, I was like, what is that shit, dude? Looks like I threw a smoke bomb down the Schuylkill. <laughs> well, i it's funny you say that about Jack
1: because he very well could have died early for me. Because when I went back and watched Lost again, because I wanted to see if mm-hmm. I liked it more the second time. And it, I did a little bit because I didn't have my expectations weren't as high. Mm. But I skipped through Jack's personal parts. Like with his yeah. dad, and like he was, he just acted like a little bitch most yeah. of the series.
0: Apparently, he acts like a little bitch in real life too. The guy p- portrays him. I heard he beat some woman up when he was drunk, like an ass. Uh, I didn't know that. What's his name? Uh, Matthew, Matthew Fox. Fox. Yeah, I Matthew remember Fox. him
1: for part for Party of Five.
0: Yeah, I never. My wife watched it, and, and like when I started watching Lost, she watched it with me because she liked him, and I was like, all right, yeah, we'll do it. But uh, yeah, how many years of our lives was that? Eight is eight seasons. Eight seasons. So I that's eight it? years, man. So like that's like all of our like twenties. In the war 30s, like, you know what I mean? Just like, and then that let down. So many shows let you down. Did you watch Dexter? I mean, that was terrible.
1: I couldn't get into Dexter because terrible I, they kind of lost me. Um, I used to like horror movies when I was a kid. But now yeah, as same. I've gotten older, I, I got a little more sensitive. And I mm-hmm. think it was even the first episode where they had like the pieces of a body wrapped up in meat paper. Um, It just saved yeah. me
0: out. Couldn't do it. Yeah, it, it was weird for me because I liked him as David from Six Feet Under. Okay. Did you ever see that show? No, and then he became Dexter. But yeah, man, I'm still pissed about Lost. They should bring Lost back. They're bringing the Matrix back, so bring Lost back. There you know was I mean? talk that
1: they'd like to expand Lost and do something different. Why not? That There's would so be great. many
0: different stories you could do, you know, and like the right way, not a bunch of statues and light versus dark and like volcanoes and you know. Eh. They lost me I did
1: enjoy when
0: <laughs> I know when they I, You tell me when you got lost And I'll tell you when I got lost
1: I enjoyed some of the time travel stuff But I guess the last great episode for me Was when Charlie died At the end of the season mm. In the submarine Yeah In the submarine And what after that What season
0: that? Do you recall? Six maybe? Or five? Five? Four? I don't know He don't went know to remember. go spend that Hobbit money He's like I'm off the show <laughs>
1: Well, and him and Kate broke up. They were dating in real life. That's right. And yeah. they couldn't coexist on set anymore.
0: Yeah, that's that's a shame. The, I mean, she
1: was pretty hot, though, so I kind of understand.
0: Yeah. I remember seeing the pictures of them on the beach and being like, man, it's Kate. But um, what I was going to say? Uh, oh, the moment that Lost lost me, and I don't remember his name, but what's the guy's name that's the mythical guy It's in the middle of the woods? Jacob. Jacob okay so we get to this like shed in the woods and apparently Jacob's in there and the reveals like this like what was it like a guy in like a in a
1: rocking chair. Rockin chair they just and showed it I remember an looking
0: at my friend and being like this is bullshit dude I'm like <laughs> I'm so mad dude true story man this is kind of creepy okay so the ending of Lost the finale okay I'm with my buddy Drew Reed we're watching it at his house and we're watching it with my friend tofer from Country. You remember? Uh, I remember Tof, the drummer. So yeah. tof doesn't really give a shit about Lost. So you're watching something over eight years with someone who doesn't give a shit about Lost. Tof I love you if you're listening to this, but yeah. He doesn't care. And you know, like he wants to talk and like I'm trying to focus eight years of my life here. So my nerves are shot, bro. Just shot. And we're, Watching this at Drew's house Behind the Plymouth Meeting Mall And the junkyard That you can pull off Off Germantown Pike Right It's by this wooded area I remember that house Remember that house Okay so lots of Downtown Harvest started there A bunch of bands started there um, Uncle Chester's Fever played there A bunch of groups So we're watching Lost And I think it was a two hour finale Right And we're about Into the last Like I think we're at the second hour Like midway through And I swear to God I started hearing shit Out in the woods And I think I'm losing my mind it sounds like someone is breaking all the branches off, like like in The Blair Witch. And I'm like, what the what is this, right? To the point where we have to mute the eight years of our lives on TV to see what's going on out there. It was so loud, Benny. No idea what it was, right? We go out there. It stops. Go back in. The experience is fucked at this point. I have to go back and rewatch it. Still to this day, I wonder what that was. It had to be some like uh, like an animal just falling through the branches.
1: So it sounded like the smoke
0: monster was coming for the house. I wanted it to be that, you know. I guess at that point in <laughs> my life, was like maybe that would make sense. Like all this investment, and then you know, no payoff. But yeah, you know, it's funny. I just uh, what did I say? oh yeah, Blair Witch. I just realized that came out in nineteen ninety nine. So that's the twenty year anniversary is coming up.
1: Isn't what, that insane?
0: What'd you think of Blair Witch? Were you a fan? I was because I saw it under the pretense that it could be real. Okay. So I saw it, and uh, I remember the internet was around. There was the AOL. You know? You can get AOL, on AOL. yeah, with the dial-up connection. Didn't know shit about websites at all. Websites sure. were taboo. You just go online to talk to people. That's all you want to do. You don't want to go look up other people's shit. No, there's chat rooms. You just that. want to talk to somebody from another. Like, where are you from? I'm from the Ukraine. Like, whole, you would shit your pants in your <laughs> living room, okay? Um... So, yeah, I started seeing on the chat boards about this. Um, there was a website called com. Did you ever read it? I guy, don't recall. This guy, Harry Knowles, runs it. And recently he also got a me would hashtag metoo with all his bullshit that he did apparently with a bunch of female uh, workers for him. His, his In the Entourage show, Rain Wilson, when he covers the uh, Aquaman thing, that yes. character is based off of this real-life guy, okay. Harry Knowles. Because he could make or break your movie. And he wanted to make The Blair Witch Back in the day So he was He was just writing A whole bunch of shit about it And we thought it was real I saw it at the Ritz Downtown You saw it Probably after the hype you I think?
1: definitely saw it On um, DVD I oh, saw it DVD Was it even VHS At that point Who knows
0: uh, I think we're at The beginning stages Of DVD there
1: Okay so if it was Beginning DVD I was definitely A VHS guy
0: <laughs> So was I man You know what the best Part about VHS was That shit didn't scratch not at all. Imagine, okay, think about this. In today's world, if something would happen like this, in consumer culture, we went from having a harder piece of equipment that can show us our playback to a disc that, if misproperly handled, will never work again. Skipping. And everybody just took it on the. They're like, ah, okay, that's our fault. We'll do it. As a consumer, I demand all my money back. From every single DVD I purchased from the year 2000 to around maybe tw- 2008. Every piece of retail I went back. See,
1: I used to take pretty good care of my CDs. You were talking about Uncle Chester's Fever. And mm-hmm. I remember Chuck was the first person I saw that had total disregard for a CD collection. Mm-hmm. Uh, piled on top of each other, scratching each other up. And they would still play somehow. But <laughs> yeah. I just remember seeing like... Well, you probably paid like nineteen dollars for that. You're not putting it back in the case? Like, nah, not, man. Not doing it. But most of my CDs at that point, because um I was a
0: party guy, they ended up at the disco round up there on Ridge Pike. <sighs> Same dude. Isn't that the worst? How much money did disco round make off of disgruntled children who didn't know how to make money on their own so they can go score booze, drugs or alcohol, or you know what I mean? Like God.
1: that I had the leg- I can draw
0: that guy by the way. Can you really? Without a doubt. You had a pen right now, you know who the guy I'm talking about. I know the exactly Draw you mean. him to a T. I don't even know if he looks the same way. I remember he had a wife, don't really remember much what she looked like, except she kind of reminded me of like uh Laverne from Laverne and Shirley. <laughs> and he, he had this like really he had like really bad skin. He loved talking about music. But he was very socially Like he he wasn't Like you know Right there at the forefront But He was a little awkward But he could talk about music
1: God he loved music though Because of him I had the Led Zeppelin box set Four separate times
0: Oh that's awesome Yeah Zeppelin man Gotta
1: love Zeppelin I'm a Pink Floyd guy More than anybody else But
0: I'm a Saucer Full of Secrets guy. I really loved that album when I heard it first because I, when I got the Pink Floyd box set, which I also <laughs> sold to <the> Disco Round. <laughs> Naturally. Uh, with the the beautiful woman on the cover with the ocean and stuff like that. I forget which one that was called, but uh, when I had got that as a kid, I knew all Dark Side of the Moon and the, the Wall and stuff like that, but I never knew about Sid and Saucer Full of Secrets, so I got that box set because I wouldn't think to go purchase that you know, because I hadn't heard any of those songs, but... And those songs are amazing. There's so like weird. Arnold Lane and just stuff I like can't that. remember. It just I remember just the first two tracks are just like rhythmatically just completely out there. See, I
1: think because Dark Side and Wish You Were Here and The mm-hmm. Wall were so overplayed, my two favorite Floyd albums are um, Metal and oh, yeah, it's Animals.
0: Oh yeah, Animals is crazy. Clash. They did like an Animals. Um, like a tribute show here in Philly recently. Did you see that? I did not. That yeah, they did something like that. Well, but we yeah, that... saw Pink Floyd on their
1: last tour in 94. Oh, wow. By accident. At the vet? At the vet. It was the night before prom, and we were actually going to meet some people um, for some mescaline in the parking lot. Nice. And we ended up getting tickets last minute, down on the field. You took f- wait, you took
0: mescaline on the field at Veterans Day watching Pink Floyd? Yeah, the night God, before prom. that's insane, dude. It was- um, Only in the 90s.
1: Yeah, I don't think I was right for a couple months after that, though. Yeah, it, that, we had that's, a...
0: that's a terrible, terrible drug to take at a concert, too, right? <laughs> Apparently, I mean, I only knew it from fear and loathing and like that type of visual, but is that what that drug's like?
1: It's very much like that. It's a whole body thing. In fact, we were on the way home and got lost and pulled up to some strangers and we're like- hey, man, how are you getting home? And they're like, we're taking a bridge. We ended up at the airport three different times, Mm -hmm. almost in Jersey. Somehow we made it back to Plymouth. I don't know how.
0: Yeah, man, I had many nights like that. And God bless all those nights because I made them out alive and like all my friends are alive. But I remember one night leaving the electric factory and not being able to hear anything because of some of the things I had taken that evening. And uh, people were talking to me. I couldn't understand a word they were saying. All I saw was their mouths moving. I thought I would never hear again. Uh, I eventually did, but, and then we had to drive home and it was just a mess, dude. Bottom line is you can make memories without drugs. You don't need drugs. Yeah, When you're a kid, though, I wish, like when we were kids, it, it seemed like if you didn't do the drugs, then you weren't exactly having the experience that you wanted, which is weird. Because maybe now, imagine going back into like 94 and giving us this, the cell phone. Would we be seeking out that drug behavior like we did back in the day as much? I'm not really so sure. I don't think we would. And from what
1: I understand, like a like releases dopamine in the brain. Yeah. When you're looking at that. So, but then again, I don't know how it would have went because think about cyberbullying. um, Oh yeah. There's a lot of components to that. And especially back then, um, God, I'm just so glad there's no digital record of
0: what I was doing in the 90s. I wish there was. I, I wish I could watch it tonight on TV before I go to bed. <laughs> just like, like a like a bullet list of all the crazy things I did as a kid, man. I'm so thankful for those times, though, man, because we experienced the, the end of the century, in my opinion, in, they, in all its finest
1: forms, really. Yeah, we got to live what, before it was all a big tv show i I think all a life um if you have some kind of smartphone um so many people make their whole life into a reality show Mm -hmm. and i'm pretty open and comfortable like we were Mm -hmm. talking even before the, the cast but i don't want everyone involved in my personal life yeah i think there has to be a personal life and like if you want to be involved with the internet and let people in your life I think there has to be some kind of line drawn.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, I mean, you can't put out everything. The people who document their lives, what they're, they're doing and eating. Chris D'Elia, he does, it. he does this funny shit where he talks about the people that do it. it. cracks me up, man. Like He's on some next level stuff, man. He's the same age as uh, me. He's 39 and his whole thing right now is I'm the youngest man alive and that's it. Because <laughs> I know he's going through the same thing that I'm going through, you know? like right. I'm 39 like it's you know I'm happy to be turning 40 okay it's it's cool I'm down with it you know um, I have everything I want you know I guess I, th- there's I think the more things you want in life the less you experience it you know so just be in the moment but yeah like he's such a bullshitter when he's like that's it I'm the youngest there is there's nobody else <laughs> <laughs> the uh, 40s aren't bad man I'm, uh... 30s weren't bad either man 30s were good man I was such a I remember when I turned 30, I was like, that's it. The musical dream's over, you know, because my band didn't make it because my band was a bunch of fuck-ups. I'm sorry. Maybe I should control or delete that. No, you're not a bunch of fuck-ups, but maybe if you would have stuck together, just maybe we would have made it. Yeah, I know something about being in a band full of fuck-ups. I was in a couple Uh, of those. (laughs) It sucks. It really does suck because it's, for me, like as a kid, like I always thought that uh, that's what I want to do. I want to be on the, you know, like I didn't have any problems with, uh, you know, like thinking that I couldn't get on stage and play in front of 20,000 people. At least my, I, I could tell you one thing, my downstairs den couch didn't think it because that couch when in the 80s. That was like Madison Square Garden, man. I'd run back and forth. I used to wear my, uh, my dad's robe with my shirt open with like my mom's like uh, Arte hat, you know, <laughs> scarves and shit. I was totally into the metal thing. And then Nirvana happened. I was like, oh, I got to change my look.
1: They definitely changed the game. And you know what? I remember being cool enough and mm-hmm. odd enough where people, when Smells Like Teen Spirit came out, people were so confused. They thought that um, that might be Scott Weiland with longer hair. Yeah, there's but yeah. Pe- people were mm-hmm. coming to me like, Yo, Benny, what do you think about Nirvana? And I'm like, mm-hmm. They're amazing. You know, they had an album
0: before this. Mm. But uh, nobody, yeah. care. nobody cares. Nobody like cares. Bleach, whatever. Yeah, bleach, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. whatever. Mr. Mustache. I not want to listen to that shit. I want to listen to Teen Spirit and break some motherfuckers heads open with some beer cans. I love how Kurt got very upset with his fan base because he was very much on the side of being, you know, his, his whole thing was, you know, everyone is gay and, like, he was in the, in the Advocate magazine. He it was on record saying that, you know, he was, a, like, an, an advocate of, like, the LGBTQ community. You know what I mean? Before anybody. And for me, it was great because that was the first time I ever had somebody that I looked up to talk about those things. Cause to be honest before that, in the 13 years, my parents, uh, friends, family, nobody talked to me about being, you know, gay, straight by whatever. I never knew about anything until I actually heard Kurt and, or in my Kerrang or circus magazine talk about, you know, gay rights.
1: Those issues were still really taboo back then. And, and I think it's great that we're in a day and age now where people can express themselves openly and, I don't know that the bullying... I mean, there's a lot more social awareness now, but I think that internet thing has mm-hmm. really loosened people up because if you're going to bash people in that community, you're going to get exposed now.
0: Yeah, you're going to get exposed each and every time.
1: Absolutely, and I think that's a good thing. You know, I we were talking earlier, and I don't have a problem saying this, is... um. I'm 43 and I just got comfortable myself expressing the fact that, um, you know, I've suffered from gender dysphoria from a young age mm-hmm. and it was something growing up in blue collar country hawking, um, with my dad, who's a teamster and a truck driver, love him mm-hmm. to death dad, but it just did not feel safe to even look at that part of myself. Yeah. And now that I'm a father of three and I have a wife and, um, coming to terms with this in the context of a marriage wasn't exactly easy, but um, we're working through it, man. And That's I'm just... great.
0: That's great. I'm happy for you to, because you know what? You have to be true to who you really are at heart. I think, I can't remember, I saw something today on the internet. I think it's, um, I think it's the Japanese culture says you have three faces. It's the face you show to the world, the face you show to your family, and the third face is the face that you really are, that you never show to anybody. And I think it's wise in saying that that you should just try to put one mass forward for everybody should, you know, you shouldn't pretend to be something you're not. And if you're more comfortable and I applaud you for, for coming to that realization, because there's other people out there who may be going through the same thing. that don't think that they can because they think that, Oh, I'm too old or you know what I mean? I
1: definitely had vilified myself in fear thinking mm-hmm. that I was going to get like outcast or, People who really cared about me wouldn't be able to uh, look at me the same way. And people have really amazed me because when you build those kind of relationships and you foster love with people, um, it doesn't matter what you're going through in mm-hmm. your head. Um, they're going to accept you for where you're at. And if they don't, you didn't have the kind of relationship you thought you had in the first place.
0: No, you definitely don't. Yeah. It's weird how people show it. Like, it, I, I never understood, like, homophobia or anything like that. I, you know, it's just such a weird old taboo and i guess that goes hand in hand with what i was saying earlier that by the time we're old hopefully that just dies out well i think come i can understand
1: it a little bit from the place that i'm coming from because i would definitely distance myself Mm -hmm. from anything that might put me in a little bit of light of exposure and in opening up about this um like i got to do the pride 5k and i was down the city for pride and like there were so many beautiful people and everybody's happy and I was mad at myself that I restricted myself out of fear for so long. And now I can go anywhere. I dress however I want on any any given day. And it might be a little uncomfortable, but authenticity is so key
0: in life. It really is, yeah. I mean, I've, I've always enjoyed, uh, like, uh, when I used to be an educator, helping kids come to terms with that at an early age. Like, that was, like, my favorite part of teaching. I've come to admit recently, too, that I never was teaching. I was just helping. I can be honest, and I give a shit about education. What I care about is helping kids, making sure that they don't get messed up and become something that they hate, you know? That's the worst, and I used to see that a lot, you know, not just when I went to school, but also when I was an educator for, like, you know, what, 15 years or some shit? I don't know how many years I was doing it, but I saw a bunch of shit where just really broke my heart, you know?
1: That makes perfect sense to me because I I don't know if you ever saw that meme. It's like be the person you needed when you
0: were younger. Without a doubt, yeah. yeah, and that's what I really feel. You know what I mean? Like if I if somebody needs help or something, and if they want advice and stuff, and then they say to me, uh, "Well, what can I do do for you?" I'm like, "You don't have to do anything, man. Just be You're yourself." Good. I really believe in altruism without a doubt, and I think a lot of people really get need to get their shit together. And start doing things for others and not expect shit. The other day, I got out of the car. Like, we were coming home from the pool and I saw this old guy. And he was just struggling, man, carrying these two trash cans on uh, Johnson's Highway whatever. Sandy Hill Road, excuse me. And my, I was like, hey. I said to my wife, I was in shock. I was like, hey, I'm going to get out. She's like, okay. Pulled over, helped him. Got back in the car, didn't think nothing of it. But, you know, like, the person behind me beeped the horn and was, like, giving, like, the thumbs up. And I'm like, but you could have done it, too. Everybody should have got out of the car and done it. You know what I mean? But we don't because we're in a rush. Even on the way here to this podcast, as I was driving through this rainstorm, people were speeding. I'm like, what are you, what are you in a rush for, to die? Where are you going? Where you got to go. Where are you going? Just be happy to be here. Be yourself, really. I mean, it's the most important thing, you know?
1: Well, I think you get what you give. That's been my collective experience. And I went through a pretty rough time recently, and I got so much love in return just for... Not selfish motives, but like I enjoy helping people. And mm-hmm. I remember like I wouldn't have probably gotten as involved with substance abuse if there were educators mm-hmm. that were really digging, like, hey, what's going on? Like, why are your grades slipping? Why are you smoking marijuana? Mm. Um, it was more like punishment. Uh, punishment, than, yeah,
0: that's how I felt. I felt like I was punished. Absolutely. And I felt like I had no choice. So I mean like what was I saying earlier with the phones? Yeah, so with the phones, like, well, we, there would have been a distraction or maybe help, but there was no form of help. And to be honest, the, actually, I did have help once. I had this, It uh, was her? her? name was Lisa Blasco, and I don't even know if her name's that anymore. Actually, it's definitely not, because I tried to find her once, because I went to thank her for Teacher Appreciation Day. At my lowest, where I felt like there was no tomorrow, she was a counselor it helped me, and I was in a group with her, Kevin, this girl, Dawn, and um, I can't remember the fourth girl's name, but we were crazy together, but we related, talked about our feelings, and, you know, kept each other alive. You know what I mean? Like, made each other feel good, you know?
1: My biggest help in Plymouth-White Marsh was Lisa Genovese.
0: She was oh, yeah. Lisa Greiner. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I Well, and plus she was hot, so sometimes I'd make up problems she was just hot. to go talk to her.
0: She had that, like, uh... Uh what was uh, Indiana Jones's squeeze in the first one called?
1: Oh, uh, Marion. Yeah, she had yeah. a Marion vibe. She definitely she had, had a Mar- vibe.
0: heavy Marion vibe like I just want you to be my mom. Yeah. <laughs> you were like, you know, I wanted to go on adventures
1: with her. So. Yeah. In fact, she helped me in a major way. Senior year I missed so many classes and they were going to give me credit denial and mm-hmm. she wrote a note saying I was with her the whole time.
0: Yeah, that's what's up, man. I I uh got had the exact opposite, I, and I—I I don't even know what happened to this dude, but should I say? It? Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna say his name, Gambone, dude. I loved you, Gambone, but dude, you dropped the ball. I got mono my senior year. I think it was no, my junior year. with the most critical time where the grades count the most when they're looking at it. I missed like three months of school. I came back. I missed so much shit. I couldn't make it up. There was no way. Got a badass grade, and like you know, he easily could have been like, yo, he had mono. Sure. He was on Death's Door listening to Biggie and Jamiroquai. Those are my two albums when I was sick for I, I was in bed. And I have traveling without moving and uh Life After Death.
1: Listen, Jamiroquai is so underappreciated
0: in this day and age. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if you heard Automaten, the last yeah, oh, yeah. album. Awesome, yeah, awesome. Yeah, I, I got all one. the albums, yeah. yeah good um stuff. I love the fact that his name's not Jamiraquai. People don't know that. His name's like, not Jamiroquai? Yeah, his name's not
1: Jamiroquai. It's Jay what?
0: I love music like that. Uh Jay um Jay Feel or Jay. I don't know. I do Somebody know with phone that he
1: had married Ron Wood's daughter or yeah, something. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. But
0: I love music that's upbeat like that. You listen to LCD Sound System? I
1: couldn't get into them
0: guys. I gotta, I'll gotta. i send you some tracks. Okay. Not the newer stuff, but the older stuff is really hitting. What about, uh? have you ever heard Foles? Yes, I have I like heard Foles. Foles. Yeah, yeah, they're cool.
1: See, I come across things on Spotify, like when my album's done playing and I'll start like the mix-up station. Mm-hmm and I'll just let it ride sometimes and I'll find some gems that way. I have like a so much randomness playlist. Look me up on Spotify, Benny Breakfast. Yeah, uh, let's talk about Benny
0: Breakfast for a bit. Let's sure. talk about that process of like your songwriting and in general. Like so you've been at it since you learned how to play guitar, right? Sure, years. When'd you start?
1: My mom put me in guitar lessons when I was a kid. But she made it like doing homework, Mm. and I remember getting my ass kicked one time because, and not because I didn't practice, but I lied about the fact that I practiced. Mm -hmm. So I put down the guitar for sports. But in high school, when it seemed really cool to have a band, um, I picked up the guitar again a little bit. But it wasn't until I went away to Paris Island. Mm. I was actually in the in Marine Corps boot camp for a month. And it wasn't for me. I had some kind of knee injury. They were going to keep me on Paris Island and do a surgery. I was going to be there a while. Wow. And I got my ass out of there. And on the way home on the Greyhound, I wrote my first song. Oh, that's cool. And I hooked up with uh, Keith DeAngelis yep. when I got home because mm-hmm. he had been, he started playing guitar right before I left. And uh, a couple of years later, we did our, maybe a year
0: later, our first Battle of the Bands up at Zaps Music. Oh, my God. Was it the same one that I played at with, Kevin? I'm not uh, sure. No, it was the year after, because I remember seeing you play with him, actually. Yeah. Yes. Man, Zaps, dude. Zaps, Zaps music. dude. How, um, intimi- how intimidating was it to go into Zaps as a kid? The dude looked like Lenny Kravitz with his big dick bulging through his <laughs> jeans, dude. Dude, this guy's dick, okay? he. And when I when I say bulging through his jeans, I'm talking like the, the, bulging through the jeans. I'm like 14, and he would sit purposely in front of me to just put his cock right out there on the stool as he played. <laughs> I remember thinking, like, am I looking at the cock or am I looking at the guitar? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, he
1: was definitely showing everyone what he was working Everybody,
0: dude. I wonder <sighs> what that dude's up to now, man. I used to think he was Zaps. Oh, yeah. Because of, you know, his mystique. <laughs>
1: I mean, that's like the dude that used to work at Sam Goody that liked to look really rock and roll. Yeah. You know, with the I'm beard. friends with him. Okay. i friends with him, yeah. Okay. I still hang
0: out with him. He looked like he should work at a music store. His name's Rockstar Rob Templeton from WWMMR's Comic Book Gurus Podcast. That's awesome. Yeah, so they invite me down to MMR sometime, and I do the, the podcast with them because, you know, I love comics and stuff. But I worked at Sam Goody with Rob for a year. Okay. At the tail end of tapes, and he was pissed. Pissed. Because his main job was to organize fucking tapes for six hours. I don't know how he got that job. Because how many tapes need to be reorganized in six hours? He was good at what he did, and he looked the part. He so, did. Uh, he looked the part. Shout he out, still, Robbie. He still, he still looks the part. He's 52 mom. now. 53? I would see him bring he, his mom in yeah, the giant when I worked there. He's a good boy. Okay? He takes care of his mom. Robbie, he also he hooked me up. I got to see that Marvel exhibit for free.
1: Robbie, you're a good boy. I've seen you bring your mom shopping. I'm proud of you, Buck.
0: We're proud of you. If you want a free dinner on us, meet us at Chick-fil-A over (laughs) there on 202. Also Chick-fil-A, man, they suck apparently. I've been reading some shit about them, how they're like so anti-LGB. They like, are, you but know? I
1: think it's, like, the hate and intolerance that gives the chicken that, like,
0: yeah. little bit of spice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, You know, I, I got to be honest, man. That Polynesian sauce is just sweet, man, you know?
1: Uh, well, I like to dip the waffle fries in there. I like, I,
0: I would like to dislike Chick-fil-A. Um, that's funny, right? That's, like kind, of, that's kind of funny. <laughs> that's a funny joke, like, you know, like, it's so goddamn good that I just have to have it no matter what. And there's so many things, I guess, that could be like that, but, I mean... That's like kind of a catch 22 I guess in its finest form. You go support that but then, you know. Well, I don't know man, the fact that they're closed on Sundays. Yeah, I mean I remember in the mall yeah. like seeing them with the gate closed and just being blown away being like seven years old I'd be like, "What do you mean they're closed on Sundays, dad?" He'd be like, "They're closed." I'd be like, "Huh?" <laughs> every Sunday. And then every, I think every I think Chick-fil-A was the 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 reason why I would ask that to my parents and my parents would say, "Well, back in the day, Bob, all the stores were closed on sunday you know and now it's like uh well here's the influx of times when mcdonald's is popping out a billion customers in the 80s grew up and you know till 7 but then they became 24 hours and you know you got drive ins to one consumerism is out of control
1: you know what i took two of my kids to burger king a couple weeks ago it was 30- because you saw
0: stranger things and you saw that big bag of uh that's probably what happened. That so bag looks so good, man. Yeah, it did. That big bag full of non recycled paper. <laughs> yeah.
1: But it was $31 for three of us to eat. And I said to my kids, I'm like, we're not going to be coming back to Burger King. We could have went to Five Guys and got a three burger. Five Guys is the
0: worst. You like Five Guys? I do. It's so greasy, dude. I, I liked Elevation Burger better. It was okay. at the Plymouth Meeting Mall. And yeah, they got that rid of it because they couldn't get their shit together there. Um,.
1: Wayback burgers are pretty good, too.
0: I never had one. But I used to live in L.A. with an In-N-Out burger, dude. you ever have an In-N-Out burger? I have not. Ah. Yeah, I've
1: heard things. I've heard good My things. My God. The See, things
0: that people will do to get one, too. I'm no sure. matter
1: how um, plant-based I might eat today, yeah, I always occasionally have like a good cheeseburger or a... Mm-hmm. Uh, good cheese steak you can't go
0: since i don't eat meat on the regular because of uh my wife's condition with too much iron in her blood when i do have meat i get do good i get that surge of energy which is just like you know like i had a burger at a barbecue and i was like oh my god i'm i'm surged up but um they do have a really good vegan cheese
1: steak in the city i read about that i read about that all the time
0: i see that on instagram people chat about that i'm down dude i like that vegan um it's terrible for you, apparently. I, it, I know it's terrible for you, that vegan General Sal's chicken at Whole Foods. It's so good, though. It's so good, but it's loaded with calories, dude. I think there's like 3,000 calories in like <laughs> one little tiny bite of chicken. But, uh, yeah, man. Um, I'm happy that the music's still going. I'm happy that, you know, things seem to be going well in your life, you know?
1: Yeah. Um. You know, hills and valleys, peaks and valleys, man. But uh. I'm did...
0: happy, yeah, that you're you're like but you're in control of the peaks and valleys now
1: absolutely well we were talking a little bit and um i'm actually a big advocate for medical marijuana for people who can use it successfully Mm -hmm. i tried the program after six and a half years of complete abstinence no drinking no drugs no anything Mm -hmm. because i used to struggle with other things and even after all that time i was smoking once and and i was talking to my wife i'm like i could never do this every day again and then until day. the next yeah. day mm-hmm. and the day after that and uh mm. that just went on for a good couple of months before i had to uh put everything down again man
0: clear out yeah, yeah. um i i i just recently came out and told everybody uh episode 190 190 maybe that i smoked And I have my card here in PA. Um, I had to keep it a secret for a long time because of being an educator and stuff like that. And um, I was just like embarrassed by it um, because it does it helps me because my mind like just fucking nonstop. You know what I mean? And uh, I don't um, take any sleeping medications anymore, which I'm really happy about because I used to struggle with so much insomnia where I'd be killing my stomach with Tylenol, PM, Ambien, like, you know, dumb shit. So I get it, though, man. You know, I mean, I, I have some friends, too, that haven't had a drink or anything in 10, you know, 20 years. Some people, six, seven months. And I get it, dude. You can't be triggered, man. Like, if, if I had one drag of a cigarette, I'd be back right away, man. Like that. I had that experience of, um, you know,
1: I run marathons. Yeah, and
0: yeah I saw your yeah, runner. a
1: A whole lot of running. But I started running when I quit smoking. And mm-hmm. then after three years, I went through a crisis and had
0: one cigarette and I
1: was right
0: back. Right back, yeah. Right back. I, uh, I quit from, like, 2011 to 2014, came back. I was, like, lying to my wife, going outside, smoking at bedtime, getting that fucking, like, walking back to the house, like, all, like, lightheaded, like, you know, like, buzz. <laughs> and it was just stupid, you know, because it was... I don't know. I mean, like, it's so weird how, like, there's certain things on Earth that are so addictive that you have no power over them.
1: Absolutely. Well, I think medical marijuana, and I think it should be legalized, period, because it probably... It wouldn't be the gateway drug like even when i did this experiment with the program um I only went to the dispensary. There's nobody standing at the dispensary like, hey, do you want some Coke, too? Or Mm -hmm. you want to try some of this or that? Well, I
0: also really do believe without a doubt from my experience working with um, kids and friends that addiction is not something that is inherently something that you can pick up like off the Internet or like outside here in country. It's really a blueprint somewhere in your DNA. There's this trigger that is, like, inside you. Because, like, full-blown addiction, dude. I've, I've been with friends who are near death from, like, alcohol. And that shit is insane, dude. Knowing that you're going to die but not being able to stop is just insane. When you face that down, you realize in the moment that it's definitely not your friend. It's not your loved one. It's this other fucking thing that has been active for thousands and thousands of years. And it's because we, as human beings, have free choice free will free choice so like you know we can choose what we want and it's a shame that our brain always wants that dopamine rush that i want to feel good 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 there's no like i'm good you know what i mean there's no i'm good it's everybody wants more and it just sucks
1: well you have the dna problem and then you have um if people experience trauma and never really learn how to deal with life on life's terms that's true yeah Same deal. Um, And I worked at Malvern Institute for a couple years, and that's a rehabilitation center. Mm -hmm. And I saw so many people who had the best of intentions when they came there. And then you hear like a couple weeks later, they went out and thought they could do one more, and they're gone.
0: Yeah. And it's insane that they, I mean, like my friend who passed away in 2013, he, you know, smoked a whole pack of cigarettes and then not have any left and be cool with it. He'd be like, ah, I'll just go out tomorrow and get them. And then he got hooked on the shit and like it activated that part where he couldn't stop. And like, I don't know, it's just a shame. And I hope that some someday they can figure that out, like program brains to um, to just be happy and not be, you know,
1: it takes a whole lot of work. And I did find personally that the uh, 12 step model worked, Mm -hmm. but you have to have more of a commitment to living than you do running from your pain. Yeah, it's true. And that's different for everybody.
0: That's a good quote. Um, yeah, there's plenty of places you can get help if you're somebody that's listening to this right now. It feels as if they may be addicted to a substance or you know, drinking. You don't have to go through it by yourself, you can get help. You could email me and uh, give me your phone number. I'll call you. Never alone. We'll, hey. do, a, we'll do a private bobcast, you know, a very special, intimate bobcast. Uh, I really enjoyed tonight's show. Uh, a lot of cool things happened. Um, I'm really happy for you that you're on a good path, you're controlling them hills, them valleys. I'm excited to uh, see if you and Keith Keep the band going, to be honest Because Keith and I are going (laughs) to be doing uh, Some podcasts later uh, this summer Uh, Maybe you guys can come back and perform Like have like a guest band type thing Scenario, you know that would be a lot of fun. Uh, he might have anxiety hearing that. I know. Yeah, it was really cute when I found out he had, he had anxiety. When I mean, he's like, and he wants me to do this. And it's this 420 festival. We got to play these songs. And I don't know what's going to happen. I was like, oh, you're going to be fine. Bro. Oh, it was fantastic. And, and I saw there was some like, video online. It looked great. It sounded there six great. Six people there.
1: I mean, it really wasn't that deep. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, Keith had me practically hyperventilating leading mm-hmm. up to it. But uh, yeah, we were fine.
0: All right. So if you want to check out Benny's music, I'm going to put a link right down the bottom uh, podcast below underneath (laughs) this lovely picture of him on the highway check him out uh i really appreciate you coming on the show and thanks for always being positive for me online supporting me and stuff with this uh congratulations on episode 199 i appreciate being here for it my name is bob this has been another episode of bobcast